Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. Good afternoon and happy Thursday. Nathan Zagura along with Gibbe, Bo Bishop, en route. <laughs> Lovely Charles. Is, is everything South on? Carolina. Is everything on time? No, already delayed. He's furious. For, was it? Was it a direct? I believe so. Yes. He's That's, not pleased. Uh, I got the, a text I received already. Flight delayed. Beep. Always beep. 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 <laughs> so not pleased. <laughs> not a happy. Oh no! Not like a happy. How, how long is the delay? I, that I don't know. Let's see. I'll ask him. <laughs> beep, thing, beep, beep. He just sent me another one literally right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. That that sucks. That's terrible. Because it's not like it's not like you're there for – Who's going to get there in time for the – like maybe get in, get your hotel by the time you do that, maybe a happy hour and a dinner today. Yeah, You want to get in. Yeah. Like it, it's not like you're there for a week where it's like, okay, one day got screwed up, fine. You essentially have two full days. <laughs> yeah. Because you're flying back Sunday. You're flying out today. But, like, today would have put you in by 3 o'clock. Oh, so it's not direct. They're going through D.C. Oh, and he no. said right now. Are they in D.C. right now? If it right takes now? off when they've said it was delayed, and as you know, flights often get delayed and then delayed, delayed. No, they'll have 10 minutes to make the connection in D.C. Yeesh. Um... Do you want to tell him or do you want me to tell no, him? No, I'm not but, telling him. Yeah. Listen, I told him, I said, you might be eating fine food at midnight like I did when I went to New York when our one-hour flight, we would have gotten there faster driving. Yes. Oh, man. That that happened. Uh, my my, uh, my brother-in-law was just coming back from a business trip in London, and they landed, and they were stuck in D.C. for like 10 hours. I'm like, dude, rent a car. Drive home. Yeah. <laughs> It would have been quicker. Oh, boy. But there's nothing worse than that, too. Like, there's one thing about – like, so, by the way, it, as you know, the airline – the air travel industry right now, it's just in a tough spot. They're making money hand over fist. And they Prices do not are care about they don't customer care about, No, it's over. The customer service is dead. So yeah. There are days where it was like, oh, this didn't, we'll even put you onto this other airline and we'll make sure yep. you get there. No, and we care. none of that. No care. They don't care anymore. And that's fine. But you, if you're going to delay me somewhere, always delay me home. Don't be delaying me on the way there. Like when I went to Arizona for the golf trip earlier this year, yeah. I got delayed. I had to sit in the Phoenix airport for four hours. It's unbelievable how expensive airport food is. But nonetheless, you did that, and then I got home, and I eventually I made it. Um, that was fine. But in the meantime, like you, when you're going, you've got all the excitement. And you're all ready to go. Uh, you want to just go. You want to go. Don't delay, don't delay the outbound. There's too much joy in the outbound. Nobody actually wants to come home. So if you're going to delay people, delay them coming back. I would agree with that. I, man, that sucks. Because again, like it's a it's a long weekend. It's not <laughs> you're you're not getting wild and crazy and you know yes. being there for seven to ten days. It's it, there's a there's a quick. I mean, it's a it's a quick trip. Yep, yep. No, you want to maximize it. So we'll all hope and and 
send the good vibes out there to Bo as he tries to make his way That's on vacation. Yeah, he deserves vacation. He's got the, the kids are being looked after. It's going to be great. He's he's leaving a victor again. He defeated Man City last night. Another big win as as Juve, which was good for him. And now we'll see what happens. So, good. Godspeed to you, Bo Bishop. Godspeed as you make your way down there. All right, so Gibby and I are here today, as you know. Not a whole lot going on around the National Football League. We, we are we are in the secret confines. Tomorrow we're out in public. Yeah, tomorrow our. But what about what? If you look at the forecast, I, I, I don't I don't know. Where's fish? Eighty five percent rain. It's going to be raining. So then I, what happens? I, I I don't know. I I are we under a tent? I don't really have an answer for you on that. Uh, hey Kev, you're running the board back there. Any, uh, w- what's the rain plan for the ESPN Cleveland Block Party? We're supposed to be on the east bank of the flats, living our yes, best life. Yes, yes, yeah, we're supposed to be. We're on the east bank of the flats. There is a tent over the main stage where you guys are going to be, and there's uh, rain contingencies being put in place as we speak, making sure that sucks all lines are going to be ready to go. And it, I guess only only sending people inside if uh, there's thunderstorms. But if it's raining, we're we're rain or shine tomorrow. I like a challenge. I don't know where if we're, we're parking. Tent, we don't have we any have no information. Idea. We got nothing, fish. But that's okay. But if we're there, <laughs> waiting on a text, there won't be anybody there. Now there's nobody here at the undisclosed location except us anyway. So I guess it would be the same in that the, regard. There's there's no one at the undisclosed location. There's no one in the yeah, there's on nobody campus. Here. No, there's nobody here. There's nothing. There is nobody here. Uh, coming up on today's show for you, we have Browns training camp 2023 has been announced. We'll give you those official dates in just a second. We're going to hear Joel Batonio at the podium as well. We're going to be joined by John Machada. Of I'm going the, with that. I'm working on it. Yeah, give me a real, yeah, or a ma, ma, machota. I'm going to call him machota because he's a macho, macho. I don't think we want to do that. I think he's Joe Machado. Talk Cowboys as part of our off-season tour. And then, give me this is what I would like to do. I don't know about you, but this is what I would like to do. Okay. I'm not afraid of the phones. I'm not afraid of talking to the people a little bit. Let's give them a little – this time of year, let's give them a like. What do you guys want to talk about? Browns questions, we can certainly do that. You know, we take a look at this roster uh, as this week goes on. And I imagine tomorrow when we're down there, we'll probably have to get a little more – you know, Brownsy football y, and uh, we'll do some I mean, of that. We can. I mean, Mr. Trotter's going to join us. I think Mr. Cherry will join us as well. Oh, great. Fantastic. So, but, eh, I mean, we're, we're going to have some fun. Uh, it's going to be great. Cocktails. I don't know. I'm going to be getting ready, dude. I got, I got, tomorrow's a big night. We should, I should bring, uh, I oh, know that's right. The great Devon Dudley is in town. Remember the Dudley boys? Yeah. Devon's going to be at the show at Bow Down at the Temple Live Asylum. Have tickets tickets still available. So check it out. Yeah, well, maybe he's, we'll tell him to get the tables. Devon, get the tables. All right, Browns training camp 2023 has been announced. Uh, the 2023 Cleveland Browns training camp at Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea presents eight free open practices for fans. All sessions available to fans beginning on Tuesday, August 1st. will start at approximately 2 p.m. Eastern with gates opening one hour beforehand. So it'll be just like last year where we will be able to give you kind of an hour live on Browns Daily of what's going on at training camp. Uh, Tickets will be available to the public on Thursday, July 13th. That's Thursday, July 13th at 10 a.m. Eastern. Browns season ticket members will once again receive a special 48-hour window to reserve their tickets to training camp practice starting on Tuesday, July the 11th. Each account can register for up to four tickets to an individual session. Similar to past training camps and home games at Cleveland Brown Stadium, printed tickets will not be available this year. The dates are Tuesday, August the 1st, 2 o'clock, Sunday, 
August the 6th, 2 o'clock. Monday, August the 7th, 2 o'clock. Wednesday, August the 9th, 2 o'clock. Sunday, August 20th, 2 o'clock. Tuesday, August the 22nd, 1.25 p.m. Wednesday, August 23rd, 1.25 p.m. And then the finale, Thursday, August the 24th, 11.30 a.m. So you're going to get four of them in that final week. And then four kind of at the beginning because that middle week, if, if I'm doing the timing right in my mind, that middle week we are going to Philadelphia. Yes, exactly. Now, what I think is cool about this, normally the, normally the public is not in and able to watch practice this late in no, the preseason and training camp. Yeah, that's leading up to the final preseason game against the normally Kansas City Chiefs. Normally that's dress rehearsal week yep. and training camp's over. The media can still watch, but the fans are out. Now with us being at Philly for a week, right? the opportunity has come, and the fans uh, are going to get four practices to really see what's happening. Because by that point, we will, have been in, we will have been in camp for a month. I mean, the, the, you're gonna, those I would think were going to be some primo practices to want to be at. Yeah, they'll be fun, and I think that'll be yeah. where you're really going to kind of get to see what's going on as it you know as it pertains to what everything's actually going to look like and and we don't even know what the plan is yet which i think is going to be a very interesting thing what is the plan going to be like for you know our starters then what's so that could be some of the real good work there going forward uh this year again if if they weren't spend that week in philly yes the browns would have had probably 11 or 12 like last year it's unfortunate you got four the first week uh for the second the third week but that second week we're gone and that's the difference in why there's only eight dates this year so i know people are bummed about that but that's why there's only the eight dates and the browns certainly will i think get back to a more normal next year especially if they host joint practices because that was last year that was so fun when philly came to town and that also kind of let us know where everything was and i think spurred a lot of the moves that you've seen from the Cleveland Browns this offseason in terms of getting bigger and more physical, which they certainly have done. And I think that's been a very, very exciting thing. Um, So we will open the phones. You can also get mailbag questions in. You can tweet us your questions. at We could go through mailbag questions as we go through the show, too. Yeah, we do mailbags throughout the show. So just get them to us. You got topics. Is there anything you want to talk about today? Anything Browns related? Anything not Browns related? There's a beaver. Give it. Is it a beaver or is it a? Uh, it has a tail like a beaver. Hold on. Give me what at the undisclosed location. We're under attack by a giant animal. Right on the look straight out there. What do you mean? Look right at that house. It's eating a plant right now. Look where the walkway is to that house. The brown thing that's moving and eating. It's not moving right now. There he is. Look, he's going now. That's a groundhog. You don't want those. How does he Mess have a up tail? Your foundation. How does he have a tail? Are that groundhog? Do they have tails? Yeah, I think so. Look at him go, Gibby. He's huge. Yeah, those are the fatties. He's about to walk into the bushes. He's right in front of the bricks. No, no, he's he's just hail just went. He's gone. Yeah, oh sure. man. I've well, got, I've got traps for those. If alert those the authorities. Alert the undisclosed location authorities. I'm happy to. I can trap it for you. That thing was giant. He was about four feet long. There's a few ways to deal with him. Yeah, but he was like a German shepherd. Uh. <laughs> The official animal warden of the show, uh, D'Souza, says send a pig. He makes it sound like a whistle pig. <laughs> it's not a whistle pig. I think it's a German Maddie. shepherd. <laughs> it's not. 
It might have been. It's a groundhog. No, no, no. You don't want those things around your house, though. They get underneath your foundation. Not great. Gibby, I'm saying you need to talk to the people in charge of animal control uh, to undisclose location. I am. All right, good. I, I'm currently texting with him. Good. Maybe. It, Matt, we need to borrow you. Come on over. It, I, Trap I, this I thing. got eyes on him. I think he's under the deck over there now. I'm um, telling you, it's never a good thing. That was wild. It was more wild that you came over here and looked over there and believe, didn't see him. I can't believe that you don't you, you don't have those on the east side. No way, baby. Okay, well, I don't know. We do. I've seen ones on golf courses over there, but they never have tails. That you had a long, do. flat tail like a beaver. I've never seen. <laughs> My that. buddy says whistle pig is a groundhog. Well, there you go. All right, it's a groundhog, Matt. I got you. I've trapped him. It's great. The ground. I've seen a lot of groundhogs, but they don't have like these long flat tails that 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 is a that is a groundhog let's see i'm telling you i believe you give i don't doubt you this isn't a wednesday night tape situation where i think yeah. you're talking nonsense no 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 whistle pig groundhog let's take a look at that bad boy i don't know but whatever that was it was it was lar- it was formidable oh i think that's exactly what it was i think it's a i think it's a woodchuck yeah is a groundhog a whistle pig? Yes. So, th- yeah, some of these do have tails. Some of them don't, though. But this was, I'm telling you, man, this was a monster. Yeah, they get big. They, they get fat because they're eating all your plants and everything else. It's a marmot. And marmots inside city limits, that ain't legal either, dude. Oh, it, it's very legal. Dude, it's from Big Lebowski. There, there, are, Come there, on. there are lots of wildlife uh, locations around us you don't remember that scene from big lebowski I, I do, Come on. and i totally missed it All i right. totally i totally missed the opportunity you did you did it's my fault marmot um it's thursday i'm a step slow i'm trying to work like yeah two how weeks was ahead. how was golf last night <laughs> great what love it great uh a nice little 43 how do you not lead with this whenever we can talk about your yeah, greatness like, we should. It, it doesn't happen often uh and uh, god bless my wife you know, we're talking on the way to the course, and she goes, Are you excited? I go, yeah, I'm excited to hang out with my friends, have a few adult bevs, have, make it a little night. I'm like, but the game is, I said, I, I, I felt like I played well on Monday on the day off. I said, and I thought I played well last Wednesday, but I'm still not. I'm giving away golf balls. Just there's, I, I have one bad shot a hole, and it, and it, it cost me two strokes. <laughs> yeah, that's a problem. That it's it's not great. Yeah, and, and it's been that way the entire summer. Been frustrated. She's like, "Aren't you just supposed to go have fun and hit the golf ball?" That's She's right, baby. Like, Stop worrying about it. Just hit it. Like just whatever. And I went out there and played played a fantastic round. And I give all credit to the to the misses because I the approach was great. I I was hitting the ball well off the tee. It was it was great. One ball, nine holes. Anytime I don't lose one, that's a win. And it usually leads to some good score. If you don't lose, yeah. If you don't lose any balls, you're going to be just fine. And yeah. And, and uh, it was, I, I, there was, it was a good scoring night by the entire league. The weather conditions were perfect. Really good scoring night by everybody. Good. But I, I ended up winning. I, I was on top of the leaderboard at the end of the night based on the handicap and the, and the overall round. I love it. So take a bow. We're, we're playing well right take now. Take a bow. Uh, now I got to figure out like 
I got to keep it going for the next few weeks. Obviously, we only have like a few weeks left to be able to do this. Um, yeah, look at the look on your face as I tell you. Don't that. even say it. But there's no reason to say it. There's no reason to say it out loud. I, but I, I'm like, I got to play this weekend. But we're supposed to. We have a graduation party. Like I've only got like two high school grad parties this summer. One's in Columbus. It's a family, and that's Saturday. And that leaves Sunday. And my one buddy is like, "Hey, I got a tea time, but it's like at ten o'clock in the morning." And I'm not going to name the course, but it, you could it, by ten a.m. when we tee off, it could take five hours to play that course. And I'm just because they don't do a good good job policing it whatsoever. Yeah. And, and too much to play, and I'm like, so it's hard. It's hard. I'd rather go out at like 7 a.m. Sunday morning, be done by 11, and then have the rest of my day. I love Boulder Creek. Love it. Love the layout. One of my favorites in the area. I am played it in probably three or four years because every time you're there, it's a six-hour round, and I can't, I can't, it's six. I can't deal with a six-hour round. No, it's awful. It's too no. much. Yeah, it's too much. I, Yesterday, you're right though. Yesterday was perfect. It was awesome. I didn't re- – you know, I'm, I'm inside all day. I, I left. I got to the course, and I'm like, wow, there's a nice breeze. It's like 78 degrees. I'm like, this is this is good. I, oh, it, dude, it was no great. No sweating. Like, I, I got a few holes in yesterday as well uh, at a, a club over on the east side with my buddy Rosen, and – it was perfect. They were perfect condition. It was perfect. It was one of the greatest. So we, I joined him. He was playing with three other guys. I joined them after they made the turn. So I played the back nine, and we had an awesome match that went down to 18, which was a tie. I drove 16, which was a 370-yard par four. Downhill, downwind. Still. But I had to hit a high draw, and it was drove the green. So I won 16. We smashed seven, or 117 as well to get us one up going to 18. They won 18. They had a stroke on 18. And Rosen, my buddy, he's got a very unorthodox putting stroke. He, like, takes it back like it's almost like a full swing and then kind of, like, walks with it as he hits it super slow. It's crazy. And he used to be have – he was having some troubles on the greens, like, in years past. He Sounds like it still might be. He was money. So we then go to the playoff hole because you could play at that course. You play 10, 11, and 18, like a three-hole loop. So we did a three-hole playoff. So 18, I hate to say it, par 5, I hit it in 2 and 3-putted for a par to smash. The next hole is a par 3. I hit mine to about 12 feet. Rosen was on top of a cliff, like an impossible 2-putt. He hit his by about 10 feet by. I left a little short. Rosen with his walk and his moving putt, like downhill, side hill. Like I had to hit mine really cautiously because I couldn't risk a 3-putt. I had to make him make his putt. He made that. And then he made another insane two-putt on the last hole to smash me. So after that, we just, so we just called it a, a full smash. But it was – the conditions were immaculate. Yesterday, summer solstice, longest day of the year, one of the best days. That was the other thing. Like, we got done playing, and it was 8 o'clock. Or it was about 7.45, and I, look, I looked at my nephew because he's in the league. And I'm like, we can get another nine in if we want to yeah, go right easy. now. Yeah, easy. We could play 18. And he's like, yeah, I want to go to the bar. And I'm like, yeah, I got to. Of course. Is it related to you? Yep. Yeah, no doubt. But I thought about it. I was like, man, I'm playing well. I could do this. Yeah, I was happy. But I was like, after we go, I was like, we keep going. But yeah. it's a couple of guys had to go to, like, dinners. And uh, I ended up getting home at, like, 8-something with Miss Kay. She had made this delicious, which you smelled earlier, like a Caribbean shrimp thing that was awesome. 
and uh, we ate outside, like eight forty-five, ate dinner under daylight. Daylight, yeah, it was great. Yeah, I know that there was a big party on the uh, in uh, in Lakewood last night. My kid went to it. The the solstice, solstice. steps uh, that they've built there. They had food trucks and big old party entertainment. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, they they make it. They make a big deal, big party out of it. So why not? Yes. Yeah, because from here, eh, even though we're in the middle of summer, like you're like. Why is the longest day of the year? Like, we're already – why are we trending back the other way? I don't want to be trending that way till like, August. <laughs> no. That's what I was saying to the kid. I was like, it's funny that for the last six months, every day was getting longer, and now, yeah. we're, now we've started the every day is going to get shorter no. until it's December 21st. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, me neither. It stinks. No. Yeah. Stupid. It, it, it's, it's not great. It's not great. I had a conversation with my mother-in-law the other day about this whole daylight saving. She goes, why is this not getting passed? She knew all about it. I said, I don't know. There's dumb people in, in politics. I would love to have it. I would love to have it. Bobby Cart Jr. Yeah. just texted us, says, I haven't heard a live PGA take from the exalted Emery D3 stud, Mr. Zagura. Well, thank you, Bobby Cart. When you get, when you ask, don't inflate his when you, ego, Cart, and you know When this. you phrase it like that, how could I not answer it? Uh, they bought golf. The Saudis bought golf. The end. I was actually talking yesterday with somebody who uh, does the logistics for all of their events. And uh, that's what it is. I mean, I'm just happy golfing now where it's over that there's this rivalry. It's just golf again. I like that. I think that if you look hard enough at anything that's got huge, huge dollars behind it, there's probably something that somebody could get upset about. Do I love it in the sense that the Saudis were able to buy golf? No, but... It's still golf. I mean, I think it is. I, I think I, right. I don't, I don't, really I don't know. know, but I don't know. Well, that, yeah, this I happened when you were guys, on vacation. What? Didn't no, we talked about it. the guys on the PGA that stood for them, like Rory. These guys got hosed. And when I said it then, and I'll say it again now, for Mr. Carter is like when you get offered a life-changing bag, like you take the bag, take it. And those guys that did are looking great. I think that they will probably try to help some of the guys on the PGA Tour that maybe they did, but apparently not Rory. Apparently, like, for whatever reason, they're, he's not going to ever get kind of that bump-up payback. It's just wild. It's a wild thing. It's something that didn't feel feasible. Right. What's Rory's net worth? No, he's doing just fine. Yeah. It's just something that didn't feel feasible that long ago, and then now it's a reality. Yeah. Uh, Rory McIlroy net worth, $170 million. He's fine. Yeah. You know, he's fine. I, you're right. I mean, uh, everybody on that live tour is sitting pretty. And and the guy, the PGA guys, eh. But I think everything's in limbo. I mean, they, they're, they're going to play out this year, and then and then what? Like, no one knows what the next steps are. No one. No. It, it – it's golf. It's going to be golf, and that's fine, and I'm glad that we're not talking about this and blah, 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 but it is incredible. Look, as I said, Million Dollar Man said, everybody's got a price. Everybody's got a price. And now this P- the PGA Tour director's, you know, taking his little leave and what, like, okay, he's yeah. not going to be there. And how could he be? You can't stand in front of the room of those guys ever again and, and say anything about it. Nope. Agree with you, buddy. By the way, how in the world, if this is – so – the Porzingis trade, speaking of. We should talk NBA next segment. Okay. It is the night of the NBA draft, and I did have that in there. Yeah, I'm, I know. 
I'm blown away by what has happened. So, all right. So coming up for you guys, we'll talk a little bit about the association. Again, you can get questions. Are you monitoring the Twitter? Yes. Is anybody and no questions for us? Not yet. Not even a single one? Not yet. Don't worry. The rooster says, bold move opening the phone lines. How many times do you have to learn this lesson? I agree, rooster. Yep. We're trying. We're trying. We'll see. All right. Well, you can ask questions. You can just tweet them right to me if you want, at Nathan Zagura, at Arnold's underscore daily. Kevin, what, what is what is the uh, what is the KNR call-in line these days? Because I know it's changed. Yeah, it's 216-710-0850. That is 216-710-0850. Listen, I'm oh, looking right in the God. camera right now, and I know many of you are probably not even watching. If you're going to call, just be cool. Ask, like, a real question. Be cool. Don't say anything insane. Just be cool. And then we can do it. We can have fun. We can have fun. I, I enjoy it. I mean, I, you have to remember, I came back. I came from Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio where I did a two-hour show by myself. And obviously, because it was fantasy sports, it was a lot caller-driven. I love interacting with people. I love talking to people on the phone. It's great. But just be cool. It just takes one bad apple to spoil the whole bunch. Clean Browns Daily. ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily is brought to you by BallyBet, a sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns coming soon to Ohio. All right, we'll start with a little bit of news, and now questions are flying in. Keep those questions coming. Just tweet right at me or at Nathan Zagura, at Browns underscore daily. Use the hashtag SCBD. Uh, let's go ahead and talk for a second about what's going on with the National Basketball Association. You said the draft is tonight. We already know who the top pick's going to be, all of that. Yes, yes, yes. So there was a trade when we were going, I think, towards the end of the show that was like a three-way trade that had been talked about that was going to send poor Zingas to the Celtics. But because of uh, – the Clippers had concerns about Malcolm Brogdon's injury status. That collapsed the three-team trade. So now the Celtics just go ahead and made a trade that involves them, the Grizzlies, and the Wizards. The Celtics will receive Kristaps Porzingis, 2023 and 2024 first-round picks. The Grizzlies receive Marcus Smart, and the Wizards receive Tyus Jones and a 2023 second-round pick. I don't understand They're how gonna they pay got Porzingis 30, uh, $36 million. He's really good. He's really good. As long as Is he still good? We went through the thing. He averaged 23 and 8 last year and shot 50% from the field, 40% from 3 and 81% from the line. He averaged 22 like yes. Yes he is. I guess he is. We looked at it. He is still very good. A lot of people think it's going to be a monumental win. People love this for the Celtics. Think it makes them the best team in the East. I'm looking to see what else. I just don't understand how they got Porzingis in two first-round picks. That that's I I, I guess that's my thing. Maybe because they're not going to be able to bring Porzingis back after this season. I mean, 
Boston also has to figure out what to do with Jalen Brown. Uh, are you going to give him a max deal? Yeah, it's wild. Uh, I, I mean, they lose smart. He's been a big leader on that basketball team. Yep. I mean, he won the 21-22 Defensive Player of the Year award. I like Marcus Smart. He's got a lot of grit. I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be it's just wild. That's the NBA. Trades are fun and often just kind of talking about the trade is maybe more fun than the reality of what it becomes. But he played 65 games last year. He's going to have to play 65 again and we'll uh, we'll see if he is he's able to do that. Drafts tonight. Yeah, you can hear it right here on 850 ESPN Cleveland yeah. starting at 8 o'clock. Where do the Cavs pick, Gibby? Uh, not till the second round. So not a whole lot of action. I mean, they're, they're, you know, they're, I think they're trying to get back into the first round. I don't know what those options are because I know they don't have a lot of draft picks. Well, right. So, I mean, they pick at number 49 tonight, I believe, which is the 19th pick in the second round. Okay, so there it is. So not a lot of action. Yeah, no, that's all right. But like, who else is moving? You know, the NBA free agency is coming. I know that there's stuff with Zion Williamson and (laughs) just a few things. Moving on. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) Not on this program, Gibby. Yeah, that's on the. That's smart choice. That's on on the show behind the show, kids. Yeah, that could have been on our pregame podcast (laughs) with Beatbox. That could, that's where that could have been. That's where uh, that would have yeah. No, I agree. It is a wise thank you. It is a wise choice. Yeah, not on this one. No. Um. All right. I got some. I got some mailbags coming in already, Gibbe. So we'll get a couple of these right now. Well, my one buddy wants to know if he can call in and talk about the wrestling move that he performed on me last week. Yes. After I lost my match. No. Yes. May not. I'd like to hear it. Wasn't a camel clutch? It was. Yeah. I'd like. To. It's a terrible. There, move. There's a photo of it. Where? Not in your possession. Come on. <laughs> no. Brown's therapy. My, my teammate and I Brown's ended therapy. Up having to get camel clutched. We need a video of video with Gibbe's face getting camel clutched by the Iron Sheik. That's what we need. Uh, yeah, it wasn't great. All right, here we go. David, David asks, have you gotten into best ball drafts at all? So what's your strategy? So best ball, he's talking fantasy football. And a best ball draft is – and I, I haven't done them in a while, but I, I used to do a couple of them where you'd do it and you would just get – so it means you get your best lineup every week. So you want to stack. You want to do stacks for sure. You want quarterback with the receiver so you can pop there. You want to take – get a bunch of different running backs who have a variety of roles. So you want – if it's a PPR league, you want to get a bunch of pass-catching running backs, but also try to get some featured guys. But you're just hoping to get good points there. I always think in best balls – receivers pop you want to get those guys in high volume passing offenses but the key is you got to stack you have to have stacks whether with quarterbacks and wide receivers or quarterbacks and tight ends you got to have those stacks i think that's probably the number one thing and then take flyers on high upside guys late because you want guys you don't need consistency in a best ball league you want guys that are going to have a couple monster games and that can win that's enough to win for you so that would be a good one there the great Jade McRae asked the show, do you guys see us picking up a veteran backup offensive tackle? We seem a little thin at depth there behind Jed and Jick. Jade, I think we're good there. James Hudson now entering his third season. Remember, he started the year for Jack Conklin, didn't allow a sack in those two games early, uh, and then you made the big draft pick, Dewan Jones, out of Ohio State. 
that he's kind of be groomed there. So I think they feel pretty good about Hudson as that third swing tackle right now, and that's the way they're going to go. You've got a lot of money invested in Conklin. You've got money invested in Wills. You've got Hudson on that rookie deal. We've got to keep our money judiciously. I think if there's a veteran tackle that's added, it's going to be a veteran defensive tackle, not a veteran offensive uh, tackle. And we, had, uh, we played uh, Scott Peters. Uh, meeting with the media post mini camp yep. last week, and he talked about uh, Hudson. He was pretty excited about the the transition to year three, and really thinking this could be a year that really vaults him forward in terms of his development and his career. So he was fired up about him. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, I'll never forget the block. He's been he here had. for every practice. Yeah, I never forget about the block that Hudson had last year was at the goal line against against Cincy when they sent yep. him in motion. Akeem, I can't remember. I always forget if it's Akeem Davis-Gaither or Akeem Gaither-Davis. But he was a linebacker for the, the Bengals, and Hudson obliterated him. And so, yeah, I like our the young talent we have in Hudson, and we got in Dewan Jones. I mean, Dewan Jones, a lot of people thought was a second-round pick. And so you were able to get him, and there's no rush Akeem to get him on the Davis field. Gaither. Davis-Gaither. All right, I had it right the first time. Davis-Gaither. Yeah, and he – he might be a game no more after after what James Hudson did to him. All right, big dog status. He said, what's the most extreme adventure you would take if you had unlimited cash? Asking with condolences to the Titans. Not that. That to me, and right. serious condolences, but that sounds like, that's like a top, I'm a claustrophobic person anyway. That sounds like one of the worst ways. And you have to, you I know it's coming. I claustrophobic going on the USS Cod. It's the submarine here in town that's, like, retired from World War II, like, <laughs> that's docked here in Cleveland. I got claustrophobic going through that. I'm like, I, I what, don't know how David Robinson lived on one of those. What's <laughs> wild to me about the sub, and I hope that there is a miracle, and a lot of people basically said that's what it would take at this point, like, beyond a miracle to, to salvage it, and is that they went down on a sub that didn't have any windows. So they were down there and the sub was going to go by and they were going to be able to like see on a TV screen inside of it. So if you're just watching on a TV screen inside of it, why do you need to be down there? Yeah. Why do you want to go down there? No, 12,000 feet. Awful tragedy. And it just, it, it, it doesn't seem, it, it doesn't seem good. So certainly no hoping for the best or hoping for a miracle there. Tim street says you try golfing at sugar bush out in Garrettsville, Garrettsville, nice and challenging track. Uh, I have friends that uh, in, in the Hooligans League that have just played that. They said it's it is quite the challenge, but it's it's a very nice track. Yeah, that's that's great. Sounds like a great place. Yeah, it, it is totally worth it from what I'm told. James the Ringer says based on the limited information given, Doctor Z either played at Barrington or the Country Club of Hudson. Am I right? Both courses are beautiful. You are not right. It's a it's a very stunning, unbelievable course on the east side. If you get it right, I will give it to you. But so far, we're not there yet. Uh, let's see. People, a guy wants to know if we would be willing to field his call to discuss the charity concert he's throwing in two weeks. I mean, if you call up and ask a good question, you can give a plug for it at the end of it. I have no problem with that as long as it's quick. I mean, we do have a I'm call. A nice person. I think we do have a call on hold. Oh, baby. All right, hold on. One do, more. Do Josh Van Bibber. Hold on. Yes, I'm this? not afraid. Josh I don't Van know if we want to. Hold on. We got one. Josh Van Bibber, you're having a ribeye with like a sauce with it. What's the best accompaniment? Demi-glace, hollandaise, bernays, absolutely not. Compound butter, something along those lines, like a bone marrow herb roasted shell butter. I don't want anything. My steak stands on its own. I want to put a little bit of salt and pepper on it, and I want to eat my steak. I'm not a steak sauce guy. I don't mind. I, I, I like sauces, but I don't need it. 
I, I don't. If I'm having a good steak, I want to taste the meat. Me personally, I would. I don't mind. If you I said though, I had to have it. one of those. A red wine demigloss would be fine. Uh, maybe like a bone marrow butter, but just a little bit on it that melts into it. I don't want like a buttery sauce at all. And then the other thing I would say is, there was sometimes at uh, at Red the Steakhouse, I would get, um, and I love getting this. It's the only time I ever actually order a sauce with a steak. Would be, they had a thing. It was basically olive oil that had sliced garlic and hot chilies in it, and so you could kind of drizzle that olive oil with some hot. Sliced garlic, fresh garlic, and hot chilies in it just over it, and it gave like a little tang and a nice kick uh, to what you had. Steve says the sub has one portal that you that five people could look at. Okay, all right. So that, at least it's one. I, I like that. I just hope it works out for them. Big Labruski is a great handle, by the way. All right, we got one call. <laughs> we got one call. Give Do you want to take Jim and Akron? Yes. I'm not Kevin, afraid. are you ready? Do you have the dump button ready? Do you have everything I, ready to go? I got all that ready. I'm as prepared as I can be for you guys today. Kevin, I'm going to tell you right now, this this might be the only call that we take today, depending on how this one. goes. This is a big one. Let's do it, Jim. Jim? Jim. Let's go, baby. Do us well here. You know, long time no speak. I used to be a regular when when uh, you used to take calls. I don't think you're going to have to use that dump button. Uh, All right, good. I, Appreciate I, it. I miss getting to talk to you guys from time to time. I know uh, yeah. Bo is a little uh, anti-caller, so – it is what it is. So I try to try to get in where I fit in. I just want to yes, thank you guys for uh, always informing us. And back when I was doing uh, the cancer walks, uh, uh, Nate, you uh, you uh, shared my post, and yeah, you uh, you actually uh, sponsored me. So I want to want to thank you. Uh, cancer is a you horrible, got it, horrible disease. It's touched yes. too many of us in too many ways. I lost my wife to cancer, so. Oh, um, I'm so sorry to hear that. So but, I think, uh, unfortunately, as you would say, it's not. There probably isn't a family that has not been affected by cancer, yeah. and the day we get a cure will be a great day for all of us. Yes, unfortunately, we we deal with it. But um, um, a little bit, I'm I'm kind of disappointed that there's not going to be a lot of access to training camp. Uh, I've, yeah, I've been going to training camp since I was two. I I I was just a little little one when they were in Hiram, but. When they were in Kent, being from Akron, we'd go every day. And back then, you you'd park in the same parking lot as the players, and I would walk walk up into their locker room, you know, uh, with them and talk to them. And it was it was different time, different day. My grandmother actually yeah, no doubt baked cookies for them during uh, training camp and once before Red Ride '88. So you know, it's I I always try to make a a yearly pilgrimage to training camp so hopefully i'll be able to get to one of the practices but i'm looking yeah, forward so. to a, a good season i and we'll I have think, we'll I have think, just so you know we'll have training camp insider shows from the Greenbrier for you two minute i'll be doing two minute drills from the green jim, thank you for the call brown daily will be at thank the Greenbrier as well thank you jim and yeah and then hopefully you can get to those eight days so we'll still be given people access to the practices that maybe they're not that at when we're in philly i'm sure i'll be doing two minute drills i mean we might even do a train camp inside there i have no i don't know what the plan is on that yet but i can tell you we will be giving you two minute drills training camp insiders browns dailies i think gibbe's doing even some bpas not me bpas from maybe he's gonna rope me and i'll be there what else yeah absolutely as long as it doesn't interfere with golf gibbe i think we'll have you do some writing no i saw i saw you 
I saw your name bannered about for something else. <laughs> what? Uh, I believe our – I think Yellowstone will come and talk to you about that. All right, we're going to take a break, and I'm going to find <laughs> out what he's talking about. But when we come back, we're going to hear from Joel Batonio. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, we're gonna get we're gonna get to Joel Batonio in just a second. Welcome back to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Bally Bet. Coming soon to Ohio, a betting partner I of your Cleveland Browns. I just told you to throw right to it. Hold on, I don't want to. I came across something that brings me great joy, and I want to share it with you. Can I do that? God. But sure. before I do that, Real can quick. I tell you that? Yeah. For a team of injury lawyers dedicated to every client every day, call one eight hundred Elk Ohio. Elk and Elk's a proud partner of the Cleveland Browns. All right, this is why I don't want to throw right to it. I just came across something sent to me by my great friend Don, which is. Awesome. It's Jared Allen. Have you seen this quote from Jared Allen lately, Gibby? No. Jared Allen, quote. This is from uh, the Sports Center Instagram account, and I believe this was posted one hour ago. And I love this. Sports Center, and, and I'll, so I'm going to, before I read the quote, I'm going to say, under, Sports Center said, after, under it, understandable with a laughing emoji. Here's a quote from Jared Allen I actually had to get an iPhone, I have an Android. And an iPhone. Just because the the team, the Cavs, wouldn't let me in on the group text. They want all blue messages. Understandable, everybody else says. And here sits Gibbe the Green. What do you have to say about that, Gibbe? I don't want to be in your group text. I get enough texts. You are on our group text. Anyway, we make exceptions for you. Well, yeah, but if... If you were a blue, though, it would be so much easier. If you were a blue and me, you, and Bo text, it would be easier. When me, you, Bo, and the Hoff text, it would be easier. You're the only green out there. Dare to be different, kids. Not happening. I like the Cavs. I like the Cavs. I like their all-blue policy. <laughs> I'm sure you do. I'm for it. I'm for That's it. That's fine. I like being in your text chain. I don't. I don't need to be in a million other text chains. Why would that open you? I'm just saying it would just make ours easier. You know much easier Like it is? our golf league is not even on text chain. We use the WhatsApp. Because you're because you it's way better. Not if you had a if you had a blue, it would be so easy. The hard nope. thing with you is sharing media amongst ourselves. Well, yeah, the, my wife and kids complain about that frequently. Yeah, it's a big deal. <laughs> yeah. It's a big big deal. So then we'll you wouldn't have anything else to complain about. I'm well, perfect otherwise. <laughs> And with that, we go to Joel Batonio, Browns All-Pro, left guard. On Jim Brown's passing. Yeah, that was, um, you know, obviously heartbreaking, you know, for the organization. He, uh, you know, really meant so much to the organization and the city of Cleveland. And really, um, you know, we watched a little video today that Coach Fancy put out there. And, and just for, you know, sports and, and social justice and all those things, you know, for his whole – whole life really so um, he's been around the team since I I got drafted I remember he'd fly with the team when I was young you know when he was a little bit healthier and stuff and and we got to see him a little bit last year Um, but you know he lived a full life and and um, you know it it was obviously you know a sad day. Do you you remember meeting him for the first time or anything like that? Um, Not vividly I mean obviously I was like oh my gosh that's Jim Brown You, you know what I mean but I don't remember the first conversation but he was he was so open to talking to guys and to 
just having a conversation, if you're sitting at dinner or after a meeting or something like that, you could really ask him any questions um, you wanted. And, and he was there just to try and help, you know, the team out or guys out however way possible. Joe, when, when Watson came in last year for the six games, it was a big adjustment to the offensive line in particular. He'd run into sacks on occasion. It was a whole different world. Can work be done here on these and that, or do you have to wait till training camps? Um, there's definitely work. You can always do some work. Um, you know, I think you get more plays in the structure that, you know, Deshaun feels comfortable with, that we can feel comfortable with. You know, you go, even when he was here for last year's training camp, um, you take 10, 11 weeks off in the season, you work with another guy like Jacoby, it's, it's a different world for him. So I think there's time. I think um, timing with the receivers, all that stuff adds into protection and stuff. It all works together. There's 11 guys on the field. And so I think there's, there's a, a lot of things you can work on um, here. But I think training camps, when it really gets ramped up, when you have guys you know, flying in front and, and um, having to move in the pocket a little bit, I think he's always going to try and make plays with the legs, legs and extend plays. And that's what makes him special. You saw against um, the commanders last year when he did that a few times and, and, and really you know, made those big plays. He's when the you most mobile quarterback, I assume that you blocked for in your this will be your 10th year, right? I don't know. Hoyer was pretty fast. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm just kidding. Yes, he was. So, um, so how big an adjustment would that be for you? Is it more for a guard or a tackle, do you think? Um, I think besides, like, mobility, it's really, like, where they set up in the pocket. You know what I mean? How he sets up in the pocket, how long you hold the ball for. Um, the mobility is always a bonus. I mean, anytime. I mean, you saw him last year. He, he did, you know move around the pocket and there was times where he broke ta- broke tackles that were sacks and, and made big runs for us so I think just getting used to where he sets up in the pocket and, and how he gets rid of the ball in the timing area. Is there a Callahan teaching point for that to you guys? Yeah just know where he's at you know if, we, if he sets to 10 yards like our tackles need to realize like we have to get a little bit more depth and, and stuff like that so we're kind of feeling it out right now getting the film on it so when it comes to, to training camp and games we can kind of realize where we we said, and I think he does that a little bit deeper than Jacoby did. When you, when you look at the Browns' record books, um, you know Nick Chubb's getting up there, and um, you know a- after games we'll see notes like you know he's the first running back since Jim Brown to do this. As you know, someone who's been here as long as you have, what would it mean for you um, to see Nick climb up the the record books? Yeah, it would be great. Um, you know, I've said it a lot. He's one of my favorite teammates, you know, and I, I think the way he carries himself, the way he works, you know, where he puts the team first, it's all, uh, you know, makes for a special player. But but anytime we can get Nick, uh, you know, accolades and hopefully he, he climbs up the, um, you know, the record book for us. I was, when we were watching that video today, I was like, in the most respectful way possible, I was like, Jim Brown looks like, Nick Chubb got thrown back into like 1960 and is running against these guys. You know what I mean? Like how athletic and strong and, and fast he was. Um, but no, they're two, two great running backs. And, and I know Nick will tell you, we want to try and get wins um, any way possible, but anything we can do to, you know, help him out is, is a bonus. Joel, you look at Deshaun out on the field, you see the body language. It seems like a lot more demonstrative, a lot more confident. Do you notice a difference in that regard that, you know, he's sort of, it's his team now. Yeah, um, you know, I, I showed up the other day, and he just feels more comfortable. You know, I think calling plays, breaking the huddle, um, like you said, leading, all those things where you're around a guys for a year, over a year now, um, he's getting more comfortable doing that kind of stuff. And and anytime you're in offense, you know, this is our, our fourth year with Stefanski. There's obviously wrinkles and new things that we're putting in, but um, I think everybody's, you know, continue to get comfortable. But 
quarterback's probably the most important position in sports, you know, and, and so he's uh, he's feeling more comfortable and, and you know, hopefully we, we can translate that on the field. Joe, nationally it feels like the Browns are definitely under radar this year. Do you like that? I don't even think about it, honestly. Because um, I've had years where, oh, Browns are going to do this, Browns yeah. are going to do that. We got to do it on the field. You know what I mean? We got to we got to perform on the field and and figure it out that way. Joel is the longest tenured guy. You've seen a lot of coaches, you know, come and go here. Um, and I know it's not your side of the ball per se, but has anything jumped out at you, uh, either through observation or just kind of talking to guys in the locker room about Schwartz and Ben Trone coming here? Um, no, I, I've heard the. Um, you know he's a little fiery in, at times. You know what I mean? But uh, but no, I, I know he has a lot of experience in this league and. And Schwartz is is um, his defenses have been good in the past, and I, I think we have the right guys up front to, to make that work, and the right corners and and safeties in the back end to make that work too. But he's definitely commanding presence, and um, and I, I think it's going to be good for us. You know, I think I think with Coach Stefanski and, and Coach Schwartz and AVP and, and really the whole crew, Bubba. Um, you know, we had our FIBO meeting today, and and all of it's all of it's working really well. You know, I, I think it's a good coaching staff and. And as players, we got to learn and, and perform. So you've done a lot here. Um, you haven't done a training camp field trip to West Virginia. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know how the weather is. It seems probably hotter than here. Yeah, so that, that was my main thing. And my wife's like, you're going to be gone for 10 days now. So that's, that's a little bit tough, too. Um, but we'll see. I was talking to the guys from um, the Saints that have been up there for training camp. For them, it's cooler. So they're like excited to go up there, you know? And I was like, I think it might be a little hotter for us. Someone said the hotel might be haunted or something like that. So we'll see, we'll see uh, how that goes, you know? I wish it was like, oh, we go there for like three days to play golf and then start training camp. But uh, but no, it should be an experience. You know, it'll be good to be around the guys for a little bit. We have a little extra time with, you know, Joe Thomas's Hall of Fame game and everything like that. So um, we'll have some time to, to get to know each other. Do you plan to attend the ceremony? Yeah, I hope so. I think uh, I think Kevin said we should be able to get out there and at least go to the ceremony. Is that the official name, the Joe Thomas Hall of Fame game? For us, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what it is. The Hop Hall of Fame game, Joe Thomas's honor. What a we're getting close to that, which I'm actually getting very excited. But I think that is going to be a great time. Uh, for all Browns fans to celebrate the, the career of the great Hoff, great human as well. All right, when we come back, John Machada. Have we figured that out yet? Are we going to get a – We will when we get him on the phone. I'll on work on it. All right, we'll work on that. Kevin's right. on top of it. He will join us, continues to uh, talk about the Dallas Cowboys, their offseason this year, uh, and then we'll go through some categories, give an eye on the Cowboys, and then we'll get back mailbag. More questions at Nathan Zagura, at Browns underscore daily. Use the hashtag SCBD, and once we get to 2.30, chance you guys can call again. Let's go quick, questions, funny things, whatever all you want. Keep it clean, keep it good, and we'll be able to do that around 2.30 here. Remember, you listen to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Ballybet, a sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns, coming soon to Ohio. CBD returns on ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Ballybet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, welcome back. Hour number two, Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Ballybet, an official betting partner of the Cleveland Browns, coming soon to Ohio. 
And this is one of the fun things we get a chance to do. But before we get to it, we're going to get you a little talk some information about Browns tickets. Since I know you're all excited about that, you can be a part of one of the most passionate fan bases in the NFL. Join the Browns season ticket member waitlist today for the best chance at securing tickets to all home games in future seasons. Don't miss out. Go to cleanbrowns.com slash tickets or call 440-891-5050 to reserve your spot today. And yeah, our off-season tour continues right now. John Mashoda, Cowboys analyst for The Athletic, joining us on the Twisted Tea Hotline brought to you by Twisted Tea Hard Ice Tea, an official sponsor of the Cleveland Browns. By the way, uh, keep it twisted, Cleveland. I had a Twisted Tea uh, Hard Ice Tea the other day on a hot summer day. It is a treat. It was an absolute delight. I couldn't have been happier. Fresh brewed tea, that's the key. It's delicious. Loved it. Let's go now to John Mishota, the Cowboys analyst for The Athletic, who joins us. Follow him on Twitter, at John Mishota. John, how you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming on with us. All right, want to talk to you about the Cowboys team. What do you think so far of the offseason moves? Have they added some of the pieces that you think they needed to add to be a contender? Yeah, they've done a good job. I mean, they kind of surprised quite a few people down here when they, in a week, traded for Brandon Cooks and then traded yep. for Stephon Gilmore. I mean, filling two of their biggest holes uh, in the roster late in the season. I mean, they went out and signed uh, T.Y. Hilton, uh, last year during the season because they needed more help at receiver, you know, looked like they were going to possibly sign Odell Beckham and that didn't happen. And so going into this off season receiver was such a big, big, big issue. And now that you have Brandon cooks to pair with CD lamb, Michael Gallup, that was huge. And then their number two corner spot had been a pretty big question mark, especially after they lost some guys with injury. So now you put Stefan Gilmore opposite of Trayvon Diggs, And now you have a defense that, I mean, the last two years they've led the NFL in takeaways and, and, and that's something that hasn't happened since the, the Steelers of the 70s. So this is this is a chance they could potentially go three years in a row. They de- their defense is the strength, and that's the most interesting part of this team because, you know, for over a decade and, and, and maybe even longer than that, it's, it's been very offense first with the Dallas Cowboys. And this is a team that, you know, it, it should have one of the best defenses in the NFL and should be able to win a lot of games because of its defense. Yeah, it is an excellent defense, and they made sure to keep some of those kind of key places there. Leighton Van Der Esch, they were able to get two years, $8 million. Uh, Donovan Wilson, who played great last year, had 100 tackles, five sacks as well. They got him three years, $21 million. So they kind of kept some of those key pieces together on that defensive side. But let's talk about the offense here. It's going to be a new era, and probably rightly so in the backfield, right? Ezekiel Elliott is gone. It is now Tony Pollard's time, which many some people maybe thought should have happened earlier, but it will now lead the NFL in yards per touch. Uh, what do you think of that running back room? And then they brought in Ronald Jones. Is he being looked at as the guy that will spell Pollard from time to time? But is this Tony Pollard's show now? Yeah, it's absolutely Tony Pollard's show, and, and he is certainly capable of having a huge year and being one of the league's top backs. I mean, he has everything you can run inside outside he's he's great in the passing game uh so there's there's no question that it was for them it was a no-brainer to put the franchise tag on him but the issue is that you know Ezekiel Elliott was their leading carrier last year and obviously had been for the previous you know going back to 2016 and so obviously Tony Pollard you know he went above Ezekiel Elliott he was their number one back most productive back last year but in replacing Zeke, I mean, that's over 200 carries that you have to replace because Tony Pollard is going to get more touches, but there's still a lot that's going to be out there for whoever yep. the backup running backs are. And it won't be just two guys. I mean, it, like as you mentioned, Ronald Jones will be a big part of that. Malik Davis, the guy that was a rookie last year as an undrafted guy. And then their sixth-round pick this year, Deuce Vaughn, out of Kansas State. Like, So it's going to be kind of a committee thing. And, and, and really, it's 
you know, you could argue behind the offensive line, it, it's the biggest position group to watch during training camp. And then especially during the preseason, those preseason games, they're not going to have Tony Pollard out there. He's coming back from injury. He's clearly their lead guy. So you're going to see a lot of shuffling there at that running back spot to see who, who kind of emerges to take that role. And there's, there's still that little bit of a sliver that maybe that number two back isn't on the roster right now. Maybe it's somebody they go out and sign. Maybe it's Leonard Fournette. You know, Jerry doesn't want to close the door. Jerry Jones doesn't want to close the door on, on a potential Ezekiel Elliott return. I don't think that'll happen, but it is going yeah. to be one of those position groups that you just you really don't know for sure. And that the you'll you, it, there should be a lot of sorting out done in training camp and, and and throughout the preseason to figure that out. There will be, but they're also going to be putting the ball in the air. C.D. Lamb, we know how good he is, and then you get Brandon Cooks, who has a thousand yard seasons under his belt with the New Orleans Saints, with the New England Patriots, with the LA Rams and the Houston Texans. I'd have to think if he has a thousand yards with the Cowboys, that'd be a thousand yards receiving with five different teams. That would have to be an NFL record. It feels like if it maybe four already is, but amazing how he's bounced around, but that guy can flat out run. And I think brings kind of a good, he's a perfect compliment to push Gallup back in the third role. How excited are the Cowboys about him? And what was kind of the talk about what you've seen at OTAs mini camps with Brandon cooks out there and Dak Prescott. So, yeah, Cooks has absolutely looked the part, I mean, especially with his speed. That's one of those things that during OTAs and mini camps that, you know, now is the time with the collective bargaining agreement where there's not a lot going on there in terms of, you know, the Cowboys didn't do any 11-on-11 during any of their offseason portion that, you know, was not full pads. But the speed of Cooks is very evident. I mean, I would say from watching all their OTA practices and mini camp that the biggest highlight was uh, one of the deep balls that Dak threw to Brandon Cooks where Brandon Cooks just got just blew by the defense and he got behind him and it would have been probably 65 yard touchdown and so that was very evident and that's been something that this this offense has really needed was a, a, you know that speed element but the, he's a guy that they really liked last year they tried to go after Cooks before the trade deadline but the asking price was too high and yep. so it kind of made sense that they went back to Houston and were like hey let's let's try and get this done now and they gave up a fifth and sixth round pick and Houston agreed to pay $6 million of, of his $18 million salary this year. And so that just was a no-brainer deal for the Cowboys. So, yeah, you put yeah. them together with, with CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup. And, and the thing about Gallup is that he was coming back from that knee injury last year, and you could just tell all season that he wasn't back to the old Michael Gallup. He says he is now. And so, yeah, you have the potential of having three 1,000-yard type wide receivers. So, you know, they, they obviously filled a big hole there. So I just looked this up while we were talking. Brandon Cooks has the 1,000 yards with four different teams I mentioned. Brandon Marshall is the only other player with four teams with Denver, Miami, Chicago, and the Jets. He would be the first if he goes over 1,000 with the Cowboys to have 1,000 yards receiving for five different NFL teams. So that would be something that would be fun to watch there. So you add in Brandon Cooks. We know that Amari Cooper came to the Cleveland Browns last year and did very well, and hopefully I'm guessing that they think that this will kind of make up for was probably a, a mistake in, in giving away Amari at the, at the rate they did. But they're going to have to do some more replacing, and that's replacing the tight end. Dalton Schultz, 57 catches, 577 yards, five touchdowns last year. at 78 for 808 and eight scores the year before. Who's going to step up in that tight end room for the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah, the top of that depth chart right now is Jake Ferguson, fourth-round pick last year out of Wisconsin. And, he did a good job as their number two tight end last year, and, and he seems ready for a, a bigger load. I just don't know that he'll be ready to take on completely what Dalton Schultz has, has been for them the last yep. few years, where he's clearly their number one tight end. Now Ferguson steps in, but they draft Luke Schoonmaker out of Michigan in, in the second round. They got Peyton yep. Hendershot, who played pretty well, uh, a guy out of Indiana, and then they have Sean McCune, another guy out of Michigan. 
uh, that kind of rounds out that room with all these Big Ten guys. They really like the way that they can block and then also be used in the passing game. So it's just it's just an interesting time if you're a Cowboys fan because you're so used to, all right, number one tight end is Jason Witten, and then after it was Witten, it, it kind of went right into Schultz, and now you're looking at it and it's like, you know, some people think it'll be Ferguson. Others think it might be Schoonmaker. I think Ferguson's the lead guy there. I just don't know if the production is going to be there right away. I mean, even Dalton Schultz, his first two years in the league, he he didn't make anywhere near that sure. that type of production. But then those last three years, he really he really took it to another level to the point where I was kind of surprised that he ended up in Houston on just a one-year deal. I thought there'd be a bigger market for him, and obviously the Cowboys moved on. But, yeah, it's going to be more of a group effort than just a, a number one tight end, I think, this year. Dak Prescott, where are we with Dak Prescott? Last year, 15 interceptions, led the NFL in that category in only 12 games, coming off of what it was such a great 2021 when he threw for you know basically 4,500 yards, 37 touchdowns, 10 picks. Last year, it, sometimes the decisions were not as good. What's kind of the, the thinking about Dak right now, and is it, was it just an anomaly and he's expected to bounce back? Yeah, I think it's kind of an outlier season for him. It just You look at his track record, he's been their starter since 2016. With Aaron Rodgers leaving the Packers, he's now the longest tenured quarterback with with any team now in the NFL. So he's got a lot of experience, and, and there's just this one season with 15 interceptions, which obviously led the league. I just I think he'll get that down. You know, that's one of the things that Mike McCarthy taking over the offense. You know, when he took over in Green Bay, those next two years the interceptions came down with Brett Favre. I think he was at 29 the year before which is yep. crazy to think 20 interceptions. But now, yeah, they've uh, never, yeah. Never. Yeah, and then, and then he got it down to, I think it was 18, McCarthy's first year, and then I believe it was 15 his second year. So I expect those numbers to come down, you know, the trust in the receivers, uh, adding cooks. I just think that that'll, that that just hasn't been an issue for him. It's just interesting the way things ended for them this, this past season because if they would have lost to Tampa Bay after Dak had the game he did, a lot of the talk would be different about him because that was arguably the best game Dak Prescott's ever played. But then the following week, they lose to the 49ers, and that's one of Dak Prescott's worst games he's ever played. Yeah. So you have in like a week span just both sides of, of where this is. And, and so obviously he is the number one talking point down here in Dallas and among Cowboys fans. But uh, I, you know, I just don't see Dak Prescott going anywhere. I think he's going to be the Cowboys quarterback for, for a long time. I think last year the turnovers were were his biggest issue. I, I just don't see that repeating this year. I think he's going to have a bounce back year. He's got a lot of talent, obviously, as well, with the addition of Brandon Cooks there. I, I like that. you got Pollard's dynamic, Cooks is dynamic, CeeDee Lamb is incredibly dynamic, and then Gallup, if he's healthy, has proven in the past to be able to be a very dynamic player as well. Talking with John Mashota, Cowboys analyst for The Athletic, right now here on Cleveland Browns Daily. All right, John, Keanu Benton, I, I, the rave reviews the Cowboys got for that pick, that he was exactly what they needed in that defense, to have that big guy in the middle with Parsons and you know Demarcus Lawrence on the outsides. How has he looked, and is there the thought that he's going to be able to be an impact player from day one? It's tough to do that as a rookie, but he has certainly the size to be able to do so. Are you talking about Mozzie Smith? Mozzie, did I, about, did I, yes, Mozzie Smith, I'm sorry. No, no, you're fine, you're fine. Yeah, yeah, no, this is the thing, though, with Mozzie Smith, because they take him in the yeah, first ben round. Yeah, the Steelers, he, he, yep. Yeah, yeah, he, he fills a need that is their one technique defensive tackle, their run defense has been really the only weakness on their defense, so that shores that up. The problem, though, for guys in our business is that you know, we're trying to come out of OTAs and minicamp with this great evaluation to tell fans, hey, this is what we saw. This is, you know, this first-round pick's going to do this. But 
just the way yep. OTAs and minicamp are. If you're if you're a defensive tackle, they don't want you doing much. They don't want you getting in the trenches and, and, and throwing right. guys around. They don't want guys getting hurt. To be honest with you, that was never going to happen with the Cowboys this year, regardless, because these last two years, they've had too much contact in the OTAs and minicamp in that particular area in the offensive and defensive line, and it's led to them losing OTA practices and then Mike McCarthy being fined by the league. So we just haven't got to see a ton of Mozzie Smith because of that, because they're just they're just the best time to see a defensive tackle is when all the pads are on. So for, that's yeah. the number one thing that we're looking forward to with you know training camp when the pads come on, and then obviously in these in these preseason games because he is absolutely what they need is is they needed a guy that they could plug in the middle and he, and and to be honest it just I didn't expect them to take the position because he is the first defensive tackle they've taken in the first round since they took Russell Maryland in 1991 I mean wow. it's just crazy it's gone that long for this franchise to address that position so it's not the sexiest pick you know he didn't have a ton of sacks when he was in college but I just think that his impact could could be huge that it shows up more than just, you know, with his individual stats. Oh, yeah. And these, these OTAs are passing him. It's funny. I was interviewing our defensive line coach who actually had spent some time with the Cowboys, Ben Bloom. And I was like, what, like, what, do, you, what do you get out of this time? You, know what I mean? you, you never really get to see your guys really play. There's kind of – it's very much a passing camp for the skill position players on offense and defense, and that's basically what it is. So that's funny, and that's the number one pick, and you're right. There's no really w- real way to see his impact. And in many cases, if he's doing his job – it's going to be allowing other people to make plays, which is unique when you're a first-round pick. But at the same time, he certainly can help a defense that you started this saying is going to be the strength of this team. Yeah, and, and again, whatever they were going to do in the first round, it wasn't going to be the sexy pick. It came down to Mozzie Smith or, or going with an offensive guard. And so you, it's really tough to really move the fan base there. And then again, like – that pick is, is the one that most people want to know about when you're covering OTAs and minicamp. Oh, it's the first-round pick. What are we seeing? What are we seeing? And because of that, you're like, you love it the years when they take C.D. Lamb or a Micah Parsons where you can just, oh, yeah, the speed just jumps out at you, the size, you can whatever. But with Mozzie Smith, it's like, man, like, you know. And then the other part is like Zach Martin, who is their top offensive lineman and, you know, probably a future Hall of Famer he was held out of, of OTAs and minicamp. And that's the number one guy that, you know, we're looking forward to seeing, okay, how does Zach Martin, the one-on-one battles in training camp against Mozzie Smith, let's see where Mozzie sure. Smith really stacks up here. And so, yeah, because of that, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see because like I said, that was the only weakness on that defense. It was already one of the better defenses in the league, but to get that position now shored up and they, and they resigned Jonathan Hankins, another guy that uh, was pretty good in there when, when he was healthy. Uh, it just, you look across the, you know, the board of the entire defense, there just really isn't a weakness there right now as, as long as those guys can stay healthy. Yeah, and then the Cowboys gave you in the draft the best story of the draft. Maybe Deuce Vaughn, the son of team scout Chris Vaughn, let the dad make the call to let his son know they were drafting him. I, I thought the video that was very powerful. I, I definitely cried, not afraid to admit it. Uh, how's that kind of been? And this guy was just so productive in college, actually led all the running backs or led everybody in the NCAA in scrimmage yards from 2020 to 2022. Super productive at Kansas State on a very good football team. Feels like he could be kind of a dynamic guy and, and somebody that they could probably carve out a few touches for every week. Yeah, it was a great story. Um, those are the type of, in, in my work, those are the layups that when yeah. you're in that final day of the draft and you're just like, writing about a bunch of players that you're like, I'm gonna, I'm trying to sound like I know what I talk, I'm talking about here, but really I don't know a ton about these guys. And then they take Deuce Vaughn, and you're just like, oh, this is perfect. And then they bring Chris Vaughn, his dad, out to 
you know, we got a, a group of us got to talk to him for about 10 minutes because he's one of their lead scouts. And you're just like, this is, this is the perfect story. You, you want it to, to be successful because of that. But I will say from OTAs and minicamp, one thing you can take away though, he's the smallest NFL player I've ever seen. I mean, he's listed here on the roster at, he's at five, six, they got him at and yeah. uh, 176 pounds. And I think they rounded up on both of those. And so the thing is that that running back position, it seems like it's the one uh, mo- above all others that you can see that translation from the success in college to the pros. So I think he'll be in the mix. It just, I wonder how much they're going to be able to get him the ball in space. Cause that's really where, you know, he can make things, you know, he can make, make people miss and, and, and use his size to his advantage. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, again, that's why he fell to the sixth round because there's questions about how can that size hold up and, and what kind of role can he have. But uh, in just in talking to him a few times since he's got drafted, I mean, he's, he's all, obviously all the right things, you know, having a, a father that works in the NFL, works for the Cowboys, uh, and, and, and he's an easy guy to root for. But it's just one of those things where you're like, I got to kind of see this before I believe it because he, he is so small out there. Uh, that you're like, yeah, if you can find a hole, then yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be hard for the defenders to find them sometimes. But it's get, you're gonna have to find them a way, a way to get the ball in space. And so I got to kind of see that first because I'm not sure exactly how they they plan on doing that. It will be very interesting to see Cowboys in the NFC. It feels like they're a lock to make the playoffs. What are the kind of expectations for this team? And what is is Mike McCarthy on the hot seat if they do not live up to those expectations? It is not a loaded conference at all. It's a very good division. Obviously, the team that won the, the NFC last year, the Eagles are in the division. The Giants have made some moves. The commanders have some good pieces, certainly on the defensive line. What what's the what's the state right there? Jerry Jones is not a guy who who likes to sit idly by. What's kind of the state of affairs right now? Expectations and consequences for not meeting them. Yeah, I think the only way McCarthy wouldn't be back is if it was just a disaster of a season. If they build on what they've done, I mean, it's been a long time since the Cowboys have had back-to-back double-digit win seasons, and now they're building on winning 12 games these last two years, and they've fallen short in the playoffs. But as long as he keeps building on that, I don't see why Jerry wouldn't have him back for his his fifth year. He he signed a five-year deal when he took over as Cowboys head coach in 2020. And so – it's one of those things where if I'm ranking what's in the NFC, I would put the 49ers and Eagles above the Cowboys. But I just think yeah, that that trio it. is kind of it's kind of above everybody else. And so yes, you know I I kind of expect them to be back in the same situation they were last year, where you know they got a chance to make a run in the playoffs, and and if they're healthy and hot at the right time, hey, this could be the first Cowboys team to get to the NFC Championship game since 1995. But because it's been wow. since 1995. It's kind of like what I said with the Deuce Vaughn thing. Like you kind of want to see it first before you really believe it because you just kind of gotten to the use to, hey, this is probably not going to go that deep. Like, I mean, it's not like they haven't had talented teams in 2014, 2016, even last year. And something always seems to get in the way. And, and, and it's almost like that, you know, that they're, that they're cursed in a way. And so because of that, on paper, I mean, I would put the Cowboys up there with the Eagles and, and Niners, but then they now you got to play the games are you are you hot at the right time i certainly thought they were you know last year like i said they're coming off that game against you know they're you're ending tom brady's career you're you're blowing out the buccaneers even while your kicker's missing yeah. every single kick and you're just continuing to blow them out you think you'd roll that in you're playing a team that ended you in the playoffs last year and this is your chance to uh redeem yourself and get over the hump and and they played well in the first half and they couldn't get it done in the second and so that's what it's all about. It's not about making the playoffs. The team has to make the playoffs, you know. But it's once yeah. they get there, you got to finally make a run. You got to. I mean, 1995. 
for the Dallas Cowboys, and that just that's ridiculously too long. It is wild. It is wild to say. John, thanks so much for the time. Appreciate all of the great insights on the Dallas Cowboys. You can follow him on Twitter at J-O-N-M-A-C-H-O-T-A. John Machota, Cowboys analyst from The Athletic, joining us on the Twisted T Hotline. John, have a great day, and thanks so much. No problem. Anytime. All right. All right, we will be back with a little deeper dive, some fun in the Cowboys, talking right here on Cleveland Browns Daily on ESPN Cleveland. All right, let's take a deeper dive into the Dallas Cowboys, Gibbe. Uniforms, keep or change? Uh, I like them. I, uh, I, I am torn. The, the navy blue grows on me maybe more so than the one that has like the stars on the on the shoulder but that's pads. a special one that's the that's the thanksgiving one the, the shoulders i the classic ones of those are so the, they're so good they're they have three uniforms they've had three uniforms forever i feel like that's everybody in the nfc east by the way too minus the commies yeah i mean when it. they walk out like when the giants come out in those blues and the Cowboys come out in theirs, and the Eagles come out in their greens. You're like, wow. Yeah, but the Eagles nice. are not the Eagles of our youth. And no, the Giants no. are not the Giants of our youth. The Cowboys but the still Giants look like the Giants have that retro. Yeah, when I wear that retro, oh. it's, it's so good. They should just keep it. Yeah. Same with it. I do like the new Eagles, but the old Eagles were yes, also great. But uh, three very good uniforms. But, yeah, the cow- I mean, it's the Cowboys. They're, the uniforms are just fine. Yeah, they're the Cowboys. They're yeah. gorgeous. They're gorgeous. I do like the older Thanksgiving ones that they used to have with the big star on the shoulder. Now it's kind of more like a color on the shoulder and not necessarily the big star on the shoulder. But all their their uniforms are great. Cowboys have fantastic uniforms. Yes. I, no, there, there are no complaints. Jerry World does it up quite nicely. What do you got next? Uh, if you – what's their best uniform – in history, what's the kind of what's your what's your oh favorite? god? I don't I don't have an answer. My favorite would be the ones like the playmaker ones with the star on the shoulders, and then just the the classic, the classic white over that kind of blue gray pan and the helmet. I mean, it's all they're good. They only have so many uniforms, and they're quite frankly they're all pretty good. But the Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving uniforms of the playmaker and that era were so good. And the classic white's so good. I mean, the classic white really is so, so good. I'll give you that. Okay, I mean, it's, they, they do it right. They're they, ex- they do everything right. They're fantastic. Except uniforms. when. They're America's team. Yeah. Hire coaches. Stadium. Is it elite? Yeah. I've never been. Jerry yeah. World. Yeah. Road trip? Absolutely. I, I, I've never been to Dallas, period. Oh, man. I was there for the Super Bowl, the Steelers-Packers Super Bowl. Yeah. Our own Matt Wilhelm. Yeah. Getting his ring. That's right. Got his ring on that one. Yeah. Uh, definitely worth the, the road trips. Dallas, big D. Must what? thing to do. Must do thing on the road trip. Uh, that's a good I don't know Dallas that well to say what the one thing you have to do. Yeah. Other I than I had a great eat. time there, though. That's for darn sure. I mean, I, I'm assuming the food. The, the cow doesn't disappoint. Yeah. <laughs> no. Their ability to grill probably doesn't disappoint. Yeah. Barbecue, whatever. Yeah, I, I've never been to Dallas. I can't answer that question, honestly. I'm sure. It's, it's one of the few. I'm sure it's great. Um, player that we want from their current roster? Parsons. 
so they've got three legit candidates. I think Parsons is probably number one. C.D. Lamb. That wouldn't suck. Is a legit number one wide receiver, so he's in the mix. And then Diggs is a number legit number one corner. I think it's Parsons or Lamb. Yeah. We're good. We're good with our corners. You'd probably go We're Ma- good. Yeah, Micah Parsons. Yeah. I mean, C.D. Lamb would be a wonderful addition to this football team, but I think Mike, Micah Parsons. Yeah. That I'm, would be I'm fine. Add him to this defense. I would love that. All-time favorite Cowboy. I mean, is it not the playmaker? Dion played for too many teams, so yeah, yeah I think it's got to be the playmaker. That's like because I was like, love Charles Haley. I love the playmaker. I see, and I think of but Charles Haley as a, as a four, yeah, so, so do I. Yeah. Same. So that's and, and, and I was never just some giant Emmett Smith fan, and I wasn't a Troy like Troy's nice guy. Fine. I just and same with Emmett. Like I didn't have anything against them all. Nate Newton was fun. Nate Newton. Well, yeah, he was too much fun. Well, um, I don't know who else. I love Des Bryant at the peak of Des Bryant, but playmaker is yeah. the answer. I mean, it, yeah, yeah, the playmaker. Who else on that defense from those teams? Yeah, Ken Norton Jr. Yeah, but like. I, again, it's like Everson Walls on those 49er? Teams. Yeah. Well, he was short-term 49er. Like, they, the t- yeah. players went back and forth between Niners and were, Cowboys. They were so Those dominant. were the two. Yeah, those were the two teams. Yeah. All right, I'm going playmaker. Playoff team, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Biggest offseason addition uh, was, was Cooks and Gilmore. And then Mozzie Smith, I don't know, I was thinking Keanu Benton. Benton's the guy that went to the Steelers. The Browns were interested in out of Wisconsin. Yeah. Big fella. Mozzie Smith, big fella. Michigan. They went Michigan, Michigan with their first two picks the Cowboys did. Okay, if you if you have to pick one, Gilmore or Cooks, which one? Which one helps them more? I think their D was fine. I think you got you to gotta score, and so I like Cooks. Is it a make-or-break year for Dak Prescott? It didn't sound like it from Joe Mich- John Machoda. No. It sounded like he's – going to be fine but i there's pressure it's a make or break year for mike mccarthy oh if they god like, yes if they are not a team of great consequence in the nfc they've got real. if you're one and done if you get to the playoffs and go one and out yeah it's over yeah we'll see all right when we come back we got mailbag questions yes as well as you got a chance to call you got a chance so if you can handle it oh uh, paulus hey welcome in Good news. Hey. Got to call screen and have your dump button ready and all Can't that wait. fun stuff. Maybe, maybe they've got to they've got to be ready to go. We'll see. We'll see. Or we got a lot of mailbag stuff. Bobby's on it, like always. So we'll be back uh, with that right after this. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns, coming soon to Ohio. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, welcome back to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, a sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns, coming soon to Ohio. Time now for Mailbag Thursday, presented by Cross Country Mortgage, official partner of the Cleveland Browns, Gibbe. And we've got Shane on the phone. Let's get Shane, and then we'll get into that mailbag. Well, it is, it, I was going to say, I, I, if Paulus was screening, I wanted to get Paulus right, a chance. We'll Paulus, give him a chance. You, you, let us know when you're ready to uh, Yeah, we, we got Shane up and ready. So He's ready. Oh, all right. 
Yeah, give it. Don't I just, Paulus. Oh, I, Paulus, you know, he's been all he's over the place. Did he? he was sampling nachos, which I'll oh, get to. Oh, they were fantastic, point. Gibbs. What was on? The, what was in the nachos? Crab Rangoon nachos uh, over at the Guardians mm. game last night. Progressive Field. Uh, loaded nachos. Uh, that's the little stand out in right field, right next to Heritage Park. It was mm-hmm. unbelievable. It had queso on it. Had the Crab Rangoon. Uh, it had some just like like a special little sauce with it as well that it was like, like sweet it. and tangy all at the same time. Fantastic. Nice. Love it. All right. Good. I I, I actually enjoyed that content quite a bit. Oh, thank so you very I, much. I bet you did. I'm having fun. I'm making fun of you uh, on our text chain, but. Uh, but at you the know. same time, you're kind of jealous. Yeah. I, I get that, it. Yeah. No, that was the content that I came for. <laughs> Paulus, are you a green or are you a blue? Am I a green or a blue? <laughs> yeah. I'm, on the text chain. Oh, 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 I'm I'm a blue all the way. Yeah. So Stop. you're on a text chain with this green yes. over here? Yeah. It's ridiculous. It, it's it's unfortunate, you know, that Gibbs does not have a uh, you know, an Apple iPhone or anything along my dad just got a new phone and he switched to an Apple. So Gibbs, you really don't have any other leg to sand on. Sorry. It soon's out. It's okay. You'll bow, my, you my keep dad, down to me both. My Monaco's. Went from, he went from a flip phone that he's had for twenty years. I'd rather, uh, you know what? I would give anything to go back to my flip phone. That's awesome. Flip phone would be great. I, I don't need a, I don't need all the other stuff. Yeah, it's nice to have. It's nice to have. All right, let's get to Shane. Shane, make us proud. Hey, guys, can you hear me? Yes, sir. All right, well, before I ask my question, I want to say thanks for the many great hours of content and extend uh, my thanks to Poe as well. Sad he couldn't be there for I you today. It. but we will. But, uh, you know, I haven't done fantasy football in a number of years, and I'm really trying to get back into it. So okay. I guess, like, any general tips you have. But the one question everyone always asks, like, do you know any sleeper? Because everyone always wants that late-round sleeper. Obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. on the Browns would be great, but, you know, I know you're plugged so this, in. And this is what I say. I say right now the, the guy on the Browns that is the most Thanks, undervalued Jim. across the fantasy community right now is, is Deshaun Watson. He's going as quarterback nine ten. I just did a podcast for uh, fantasypoints.com, and I would, I would, my next piece of advice to you is get a subscription to fantasypoints.com. Awesome content. They have a ton of stuff. I use them now because I'm not in the game like I was before, and I think they they do a great job. It's run by the guru, and uh, Joe Dolan's on there. He's got a lot. He's got an unbelievable team, and they put together great, great content. So I would, I would certainly give fantasypoints.com uh, a look that's not a, that's a real plug i use them that that is who i use for my fantasy stuff and they've done they've been very very good he was they were all on jalen hurts last year and jalen hurts carried a lot of people to their fantasy titles so uh big 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 fantasy points guy so fantasypoints.com check them out you can tweet at the show at browns underscore daily chris and his uh handle is i'm dat chris chris i saw your question from earlier this week I brought it up to the guys yesterday. They both would like to respond to this on Monday about a Cleveland guys trip suggestion involving non-golfers. Don't yeah, worry. Bo wants to be. We yep. got you. Yeah. We got you. But Bo was like, I'm putting together some stuff for this guy. Uh, save that question. Yep. I will save that question. Okay. Uh, Bobby, what are your three favorite TV shows of all time? Uh, Game of Thrones. Curb your enthusiasm. And, I mean, Monday Night Raw. Don't we have to consider that a TV show? You can. Monday Night Raw. Those would be my three favorite of all time. Seinfeld. 
Sopranos. Seinfeld over Curb? Yeah. Come on. Yeah, dude. Come on. Seinfeld, Sopranos, Rescue Me, Dennis Leary, Fire uh, Firefighter that's, Show. Do you think it's one of the, that's your top three shows of all time? Yeah. Really? Entourage is right up there, too. I know it's Bo's favorite, too. Entourage is a great show. Yeah. Yeah. Those really? Are my, those are my... Res- uh, I, I think I could have gone for a billion guests before I got to Rescue Me. Yeah. That was one of my favorite shows. Great, great job. Post-9-11, New York City Fire Department. Comedy, but some serious stuff. And it's actually it's, it's actually really good. Wow. And Dennis Leary is great. Yeah, Dennis Leary is great. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan tweets at the show, not really a mailbag question. Want to know if there's audio somewhere of the trial of Prisco? There is. Yeah. Yes. When was that? That should be in our Hall of Fame. Yeah. When was that? I know. Both thought it was close to Pedro's, but I don't think that makes sense. I think it had to be after the 20 season leading into maybe the 21 yes. season. Yes. I believe I don't that's think it was, the case. I don't and think it's it was in leading. June because that's when this comes out every year. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I will find it. We we've started to compile the best of moments. I'm I'm working on a best of show. Like from best years. Of best of, yes. Okay, dude. Okay. All right. <laughs> best of f- serious like football stuff that Hoff where he was talking about his process. Yes. Fun and frivolity. Money Mitch interview. <laughs> Your Wednesday night tape. The whole Wednesday night taped extravaganza. Dick Winters has got to be on there for sure. <laughs> Interview with Snoop, Mr. Dog. Uh, yeah. Maybe Des Bryant popping in, Suns nah. out, guns out. No, I just Stone Des Cold. Bryant. Stone Cold, yeah. We yeah. have like great interviews. Well, but we've the, had some great the moments. The D Day interviews. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Love a dog today. Construct your perfect taco. Oof. It's not hard. Well. It's not. The best taco I've ever had was in Puerto Vallarta. Pancho's Tacos, the real one. And it was just simply a corn tortilla, freshly sliced El Pastor, little uh, cilantro, little bit of onion, and then a salsa that was pineapple, fresh pineapple and fresh habanero. And that was it. And it was amazing. I got to give a shout-out to Bar Tacos, though, and Sandusky for their Philly cheesesteak tacos. One of the coolest non-normal tacos I've ever had. There you go. Uh, what form of public transportation do you prefer? Trains. Same. And I like subways, trains. Subways. Uh, I'm fine with subways. There's no better system of public transportation than trains in Europe. Oh, I would agree with that. Like, the Eurorail is unbelievable. Yeah. The high speed from London to uh, to Paris in Two hours and 45 minutes. That I've never done. That might scare the bullet trains. Oh, awesome. But trains are awesome. Like when you get the beautiful countrysides and you're just going on a train, you got your dining cart. It's Trains are undefeated. Would you rather drive or be the passenger in a car? So in many ways, for a long period of my life, I was like Larry David, where I felt like I had no identity in the passenger seat of my own car. But I'll tell you what. So Miss K gets a little bit of uh, motion sickness. Or car, you know, car sickness, and so in my car, especially because it has so much kind of immediate torque, and it can be she likes to drive in it. And I used to at first, I like I like to drive everywhere, but now it's great because she drives everywhere. So I always have like 
a driver, and I am. Not, she drives great. She's a great driver. I I put her up there like she is one of the three best drivers I've ever been in a car with. Really, she's a great driver. I uh, so I I, I don't I don't mind it. I I like driving. I I and it's funny now when my wife does drive, she's like, "Wait, where am I going again?" She, and she was See? the queen. She's like, "I could do this like blindfolded." And, but, and she's like, and she likes it. She likes when I drive. She's like, I really like that when you drive. Even when we go on road trips, she wants to drive. So I'm like, you, you want to drive for five straight hours? Fine. Yeah. I'll sit right here and be perfectly happy and content. All right. That was Mailbag Thursday. We got a few more that we can go to tomorrow. All right. Yeah, we, we got some listen. to go to tomorrow. Pace yourself. Pace yourself, everybody. Mailbag Thursday presented by Cross Country Mortgage, official partner of the Cleveland Browns. So much more to come. On this Thursday here at Cleveland Browns Daily. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, Gibbe. We're at a block party tomorrow. Tomorrow. Join us on location at the ESPN Cleveland Block Party live from the East Bank of the Flats. What could go wrong? Rain. Fishman. Parking. Parking. Rain. He's a man of many things. He'll get it done. Rain. Or Wetzel, my former intern. Wetzel. Parking. Hopefully, well, look, we'll love to see everybody out there tomorrow. Does I would make sure you have a little rain gear. It does call for rain tomorrow. So Bring an umbrella. Stay safe out there. Bring an umbrella. Paulus will be there. We'll I'll talk be here. nachos. Oh, baby. So we all have that to look forward to. Uh, Got to give a big thank you to John Mashoda, Cowboys analyst for The Athletic, who joined us earlier today. It's great hearing from Joel Batonio as well. Uh, reminder, everything you need about training camps, clevelandbrowns.com, the Browns mobile app. Again, there will be eight free practices open for fans. Tickets available to the public Thursday, July the 13th at 10 a.m. Eastern. Brown season ticket members can get tickets Tuesday, July the 11th. For Give A, I'm Nathan Zagura saying thanks for listening to Cleveland Browns Daily. The next level is next here on 850 ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and 850 ESPN Cleveland.